listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm Casey Foreman. From the NBA to the NFL, I'll be giving you the most recent and up-to-date news in the world of sports. You can listen live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time at SIUEWebRadio.com or on the TuneIn Radio app and every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host in Tanner File. Tanner, how are you doing? I'm good, Casey. Little, uh, little sad that we don't have the draft to look forward to, but you know, <laughs> looking forward to next year's draft already. Already, man, it's a little early, I think, to be looking forward to the next year's draft. Never too early for the 2022 mock draft. All right. I am looking forward to maybe as far as drafts go, maybe the next draft, the NBA draft, which we, which shouldn't be you know too far away. Uh, that's the next draft that has my focus. Tanner, I'll let you worry on next year's draft, and I'll, I'll touch back with you around this time next year. Okay, so how, how about that? Either way, <laughs> though, a packed show for us today. A lot to, a lot to look at and talk about. Aaron Rodgers, it feels like we got to start with him. Obviously, it feels like he almost took the wind out of the draft on Thursday. You know, all, all the thunder. Oh, cool. Trevor Lawrence is going number one. Oh, cool. Trey Lancer, Mac Jones, Michael, number three. Cool. The MVP of the league wants to go play on a different team. So that that took the all, all the news, the spotlight on Thursday. So Tanner and I are going to break that down, look at both situations also talk about uh, some some possible landing spots for the reigning MVP of the league. Then also talk about, yes, Tanner's NFL draft. Tanner has not had a chance yet to talk about it. So a few things we, we want to talk about regarding Thursday and the weekend's draft. Uh, then we, we want to take a look at the quarterbacks. A lot of talk, obviously, on these guys. We want to look at where they are in their current situations and how we like them moving forward, as well as which one of these guys, uh, the, the five in the first round at the very least, which one of these guys we think are are ready to play day one, the first week in the NFL. And then the second half of the show, all things basketball. Isn't that right, Tanner? Yeah, in the second half, we're going to be talking about the NBA. The Bucks and the Nets have played in two games in the last couple of days Intense with the Bucks games. taking both of those games. Yeah. Two good games. Giannis absolutely balling out in both of those games. We're going to talk about kind of those teams and their chances moving forward, possible playoff matchup between those two teams in the second or the third round of the playoffs. And then at the end of that, we talked about the Western Conference last week. We're going to transition this week. We're going to talk about the Eastern Conference and do a playoff breakdown of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, we think both conferences, like Tanner said, I think both, we did, we did uh, West last week, both are pretty wide open as far as who's going to be the number one seed, who's going to even come out of the conference and make it to the final. So we want to break down, like Tanner said, West last week, East this week. Tanner, let's open with this. So let me ask you this. Obviously, I know we, we were talking back and forth, you know, on Thursday. Obviously, this was kind of the pre-draft, even the current, you know, during the draft discussion was Aaron Rodgers, doesn't want to return 
to Green Bay. Does not want to be a Packer. Wants to play elsewhere, right? Just just drops the bomb on all of us pretty much. What are your opening things? Who are you kind of siding with right now? The Green Bay fans saying, hey, we've pretty much given you, you know, what you've needed to compete. Or Aaron saying, hey, you know, I've needed some, you know, some more responsibilities, some more say in, in, in what we do. Who are you leaning on right now? See, I see both sides to where Aaron Rodgers can say, I mean, I'm tying with Aaron Rodgers in the fact that in the last 10 first round picks they've had, they've drafted nine defensive players and a quarterback to replace him. The only offensive player they've drafted in the first round is his replacement at quarterback. That's so a phenomenal stat. I, <laughs> That's a phenomenal stat. Go ahead. Just that stat alone, I feel like it makes it hard to not I side not with Aaron Rodgers in this feud. But I also let's not act like the Packers are playing with a bunch of bombs out there. They have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and Robert Tunyon seems like he's good. And Alan Lazard came on last year and they, they always have an offensive always, line that's decent. That's decent, right? Like, it's, yeah, and like, not too it's many not like complaints, right? It's not like he has bombs, especially on the offense. Like, especially like the Russell Wilson thing. We kind of got that, you know. I mean, even though he was throwing to uh, DK Metcalf and what, uh, what's the other Tyler Lockett? Yeah, Lockett. Thank you. Even though he's got those those studs on his team, the offensive line was obviously, you know, no doubt of a question, nothing but a question. So we we, we got that. But Aaron Rodgers, he's been, you know, in two of the last, uh, what, the NFC Conference games, am I right, to, to, to make it yeah. Super Bowl. So he's gotten that far. His team has got to be a decent factor in getting that far. Obviously, you're not going to do it by yourself. We've, we've seen just a quarterback on – you know, a, a bad roster. And maybe you could say, I don't think Seattle's a bad roster, but you know, your, your ceiling might be just getting to the playoffs in that scenario, but they they've made it to the conference championship game. It seems like they, they have, you know, I think this is just a really tough situation overall. I am not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan, obviously being a guy who's rooted for, rooted for the Dallas Cowboys. I've had a lot of losses coming from that man and from that Packer Jersey. So <laughs> Uh, it's tough to even, you know, talk about this. And obviously I'm not going to be like, you know, just stay where you are or get out of Green Bay. I, I have mixed feelings. Uh, and like Tanner said, I get both both of the sides. Like Tanner, he's not he's not playing with scrubs. That's that's definitely not not what's going on here. But the fact that they, they draft what Jordan loved last year and the they didn't they move up to to get Jordan. No, I think they stayed put and they drafted him with their first round pick, which was okay. They didn't move up the first round. Okay. Because they were in the NFC championship against the 49ers. Either way, right? You're like you said, you're in you're in the NFC title game and you're you weren't that close to winning it, obviously, but you could win that game. And then despite, you know, despite being so close, you don't go and draft a guy that could help you day one. Right. You get a guy to sit on your bench for at least two to three years, you know, at, at the very least, I would say more than that. If I, I think Aaron has more than yeah. two to three years, but again, the green Bay timeline, it does, it doesn't seem like he and their timeline kind of matches up. And I feel like this is, this really isn't something new though. Right. Like this isn't, I don't think it shocks no, no, us all that much, you know? No, it's been no secret that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers front office have had their fair share of issues. I mean, it's been confirmed that he has been and given his advice of for how the team should be ran, and they've told him to 
shut up. We make the football decisions. Shut up and throw the football. <laughs> this is yeah. what they're basically doing. Not cool. And, you know, like we've been, this is kind of the era of player empowerment. You know what I mean? Especially in the NBA, but we've been talking about this a lot on the podcast. The NFL slowly becoming more and more NBA-like power going to the players more, right? But especially the quarterbacks, you know? The, yeah, especially the superstar quarterbacks. The, super, the MVP. The MVP. Three the times. MVP. MVP wants to leave his team when was the last time that never happened? i would say never yeah. in the nfl not not once has this happened and but my, my point is i think he is seeing though he's seeing tom you know he's seeing him leave a situation that was pretty good right like the patriots they went 12 and 4 his last year right so pretty good team yet tom knows i could do better i can go somewhere better and you know maybe i'll be listened to elsewhere and that's exactly what happened in tampa obviously they go and get him antonio brown you know they go and get everything that tom wants speaking of that we we re-signed antonio brown this week yeah exactly that's my point so like they know how to keep their quarterback happy and i I think aaron is looking at this he's he's seeing he saw peyton years back go uh to denver maybe that's why he's saying denver right now to go and and be the, the the next guy you know since Peyton to win there who knows uh but we saw we saw Peyton do it you know leave the franchise to another and win a Super Bowl to a pretty good roster already right same thing with Tom leave leave the pretty good roster to an even better one win a Super Bowl I think he's watching these guys and saying hey I kind of want to do that too and also who wants to live in Green Bay uh, I think that's a big part of it too like if I was him too on, he, he wants to go host Jeopardy guys let him go host Jeopardy in Los Angeles or, or wherever he wants to go you know what I mean like I, I, I hate just holding him keeping him here but the contract thing right he is on a contract two more years I think two more yeah years. yeah I believe so let me ask you this Casey if he is to be traded ah. where, where do you think is the best place for him to go yeah, that's it, because we kind of talked about this earlier, but Green Bay, no, not playing with any scrubs, and I can't think of any NFL-ready, or, or some, sorry, not playoff-ready roster, kind of, kind of what, you know, Carson Wentz got going to the Colts. He went to a team, pretty much just needed a quarterback for them. Obviously, you know, little holes, bits and pieces here and there. But quarterback was the number one necessity to win right now. They go and get a guy they thought could do so on, an, on a ready roster. And looking at the teams he put out there, a Denver, um, a Raiders, and especially San Fran. San Fran's out of the picture right now. Like We can pretty much yeah. just say they're not going to go get it. Even though if you're asking me, if you're asking me, I, I trade Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever picks in the in the world that they want. I know I don't, I don't have too many left because I just did that move up to number three. Again, whatever they want, Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm keeping Trey Lance. You're not, you're not touching my Trey Lance, though, because I just got him. But Trey, you're sitting for a year and we're winning a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I would without a doubt do that. And then if you want to keep Aaron, you know, past that one year, hey, Trey, we're going to flip you for another first round pick or vice versa. Aaron Rodgers, hey, thanks for winning us a Super Bowl. We're going to flip you for a first round pick. I don't know. You got I would without a doubt in my mind, if I were if I were the San Fran, I don't think this is going to happen whatsoever. But if I was in the organization, I would keep making moves and say, hey, he wants to come here. He's from here. Um, let's get him here with our NFL ready roster and win a Super Bowl. That's what I would do. That's exactly what I would do. Despite getting a quarterback at three overall, because he can play next year, or if Aaron Rodgers is is is, is a, a viable candidate to be my quarterback. 
I mean, I think every team that doesn't have Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady should, should do that, right? To get Aaron Rodgers, I don't think that's a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I just even though I, I, that's 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 the only team, that's the only team I think would be an improvement and in a clear, yeah, go there. And I think he's winning a Super Bowl if he does go there. He's has a great chance to. But then looking at like Denver, you know, like what do you think about Denver? I know Pey- Peyton won there. It's not the same roster as Peyton Manning. I hate to break it to you guys. Is this an NFL-ready roster, you think, in Denver? I really don't know. I mean, it's it's not a bad roster. I say yet. NFL, a uh, playoff-ready, I should say. Playoff-ready. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a bad roster in Denver. They have good young pieces. They're one of the younger teams in football. They have decent offensive linemen. They have some young receivers with Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick came on last year, and, like, Jerry Judy, obviously. Yeah, right yeah, Jerry Judy. And there's like you could do a lot worse than the Denver Broncos, but they're not better than the Packers. Yeah, let's take quarterbacks out of it, right? Just look at the rosters. They're not competing with the uh, Green Bay Packer, uh, Packers roster. Like I said, Aaron Jones, uh, um, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, thank you so much. Just those two pieces alone, I can look at their rosters. So, yeah, they don't got that. So it's, in the offensive line also, and then like you said, nine of their last ten picks have been on defense. They've been building the defense as well. So, much, a much better roster than the Raiders as well, though. Looking at looking at Las Vegas, I don't think they make a lot of sense. Obviously, I would take Aaron, Aaron Rodgers over Derek Carr any day, and I think that is probably the more likely move because I think Las Vegas is more likely to give up more than a Denver would, I would think, because Denver just got a Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe they're like, hey, we'll take another bridge or take another, you know, so-so year, get a quarterback in the future. Yeah, see if one of those two guys they have ends up to be something. And if not, you take a quarterback. But in Las Vegas, right, it seems – I'm also going to have like four quarterbacks taken. Yeah, that's it. And next year. You're not going to be great with either one of those guys this year either. You're probably going to have a chance to get one of them next year. So, yeah, exactly. Great point. But Las Vegas clearly a step up from Carr, and I think Vegas would give up more than a Denver would. So if we're just looking at these two teams, I'm buying more from from the Raiders' point. Also, they're in Las Vegas. You know what I mean? Of course, they want to sell tickets in that new city. They they want flash, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers as well wouldn't mind going to Vegas either. So, yeah, I mean, I think one another team that makes a lot of sense that Aaron Rodgers didn't mention is Washington. I think they have a good. That was also one of the ones that come to mind as well. Obviously, and I think, and they're one of the only teams that needs a quarterback. I mean, all the teams would take Aaron Rodgers over their quarterback, but they're one of the teams that has a glaring need at it, and they have a good roster besides the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So it makes a lot of sense. But I don't know if I couldn't see Aaron Rodgers going to Washington. That's it. I couldn't see him going to Washington. I think he wants to go West Coast. Yeah, exactly. I think that what were the three teams he named? <laughs> All <laughs> way west, right? Way west coast teams. So I don't think that's a coincidence. You're right. I think Washington, like you said, I think that would be a great fit or a, a good fit at the very least. It fills the need. You get an MVP. It fills any need either way. But uh, you get an MVP guy, an NF or a playoff ready roster, right? Definitely a playoff. You just made the playoffs last year. Or the, you know, with nothing but questions at the quarterback spot. So imagine you plugging a guy like that. I like I like that a lot. I also, I don't know how they would do it, but the Saints intrigue me a lot. I don't know. Again, cap wise, they are already screwed. But if they could somehow 
get an air. I, th- I think that is an a-, a team where the past few years, Drew Brees, I mean, we know what he did in his career, but the past couple of years wasn't what he was. And I think that is a place as to where, you know, an NFL or a playoff ready roster, if not maybe a Super Bowl ready roster, potentially. And, uh, but again, just make this, it, it doesn't make sense cap wise. Uh, but talent wise, fit wise, I think it makes all the sense in the world, uh, New Orleans for sure. But again, I don't think it's possible really, right? With, with the- yeah, I mean, I just can't see any situation where the Saints would be able to free up cap room like that, but we have seen the cap's not real. Yeah, it doesn't really like does it really matter? Like, can they still trade from you say, Yeah, we're over even more? Like, you know, what I mean, can they just yeah, we'll so, figure it out? Exactly. So who knows? Uh Tanner's kind of sleeper is Washington. Mine is maybe New Orleans. Out of the three he picked, clearly. San Fran's a clear pick, but they just get a third guy or a guy at third overall, Trey Lance, who could potentially be ready to play pretty soon. As far as, again, their roster goes, though, you got to think. Also, though, him, him coming out and saying, I should say this, uh, this as well, it's the GM or it's me. So, right, if I'm, if I'm in that situation, who has the power, though, in Green Bay to fire the GM? Because I know it's like a really weird ownership. Yeah, it doesn't like kind of the city of green bay decide yeah like it's it's absolutely ridiculous so i i don't understand it great for the town board yeah but who the what the heck i don't blame Aaron Rodgers. who wants to work for that like who do i talk to you know what i mean like do i call a town hall meeting do we want to go get a receiver like what do we do i i don't understand that so i i am in no doubt in in aaron on aaron Rodgers' side and for people to say I saw multiple things coming out this week, you know, being like he's under contract and he's the MVP. Why do you want out? And it's like, yeah, he's an MVP. And like, he's won a Super Bowl. There's a reason. Again, you can also look at Aaron and how, what, what he's done in, in some spots, but there's also a reason in, in, in most, uh, in most cases as to why, you know, they weren't winning those Super Bowls. And usually it wasn't because of Aaron or maybe Aaron was hurt. So again, it makes, I, I don't really get that sign. If you want to say, you know, if, if you're a hardcore Packer guy, I could, I, I could definitely see you, you know, taking that side. But either way, power to the player. I just don't know. Denver Raiders, I don't know. I'm not a big fan. I, I wouldn't love seeing Aaron Rodgers in either one of those. But quite frankly, I don't really like seeing him in a Packer jersey either. So I don't really care all that much. We're both NFC fans, teams of NFC team or fans of NFC teams. Let's move into the AFC. Let's let him go to the ring. I am no doubt cool letting him battle with Mahomes over there, with Josh Allen over there. Let let Dak and Tom kind of, <laughs> you know, let, let, us, let us knuckle down over here in the NFC and uh, see what we got. Hopefully my okay, big, big, big talk about the Cowboys either way. But either way, Dak is back. That That's all that matters in Dallas. Let's move on, Tanner, and talk about, again, your favorite thing. You're, you're already looking forward to next year's. Uh, the 2022 NFL draft, but this year's draft on Thursday. Opening thoughts. You have yet to be on the mic, you know, since the draft. So opening thoughts. Uh, it was, it was, it was weird. Uh, I definitely did not expect fifth quarterback to go at 15. I can say I did, but keep going, keep going. I'm not going like, to, I, I just figured right there would be more trades, but I did hear, a couple of days before the draft, Ian Rappaport said teams are treating future draft picks with a much higher uh, like, amount of respect, like, I guess, standard. Okay. Because 
they will know more about these prospects next year than they did this year. Oh yeah. So there, there's just a lack of information on these guys. Hey, that's a good idea though. Games. So they, that's kind of what limited those trades in the first round. That's smart. I didn't really think about that, man. There were definitely some surprises though. Like the biggest one, as far as trade wise, in my eyes, had to be Chicago moving up from yeah. twenty to eleven. That was yeah, my so, yeah. So obviously the first two picks. Everyone saw those coming. Yeah, duh. And then yeah. a couple like a little before a week before the draft, they said it's Trey Lance or it's Mac Jones. Trey was when they said that, I was like, it's probably Trey Lance. Yeah, like why would they say <laughs> it's not? If yeah. it's it was smoke, man. They were blowing Mac Jones smoke all and, that. It's all and else. and Trey Lance is one of my favorite picks of the draft because he is so raw and he has so much talent, but he's yeah. not ready. And you have a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo that can stay there and sense. is not a bad quarterback. It's it's pretty comparable, I think, to the Chiefs with the Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. As long as Garoppolo's bought in, I don't see. Yeah. I don't think it's a problem. That's, you know, I, I, that was the only thing with us talking about him last week or week before where he was going to land. Talk was basically that you know Garoppolo might be moved by the end of the draft, basically. But now, since then... I think with the Trey Lance pick, it makes more sense to keep him than it did with the Mac Jones pick. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you there, 100%. So, as far as... Were there any, for you, like any big, really steals in the first round or some really solid picks or anything like that? Picks you Uh, really liked? Yeah, I mean, I love Devontae Smith at 10 to the Eagles. Uh, I was a fan. They're a team that... Cowboys and Eagles, <laughs> they they trade with each other. Yeah, I thought it was weird that they traded with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't think I'd see that. I was okay with but, it. Though. Yeah, I think it worked out for both teams. The Cowboys definitely don't need another receiver, and that's where the best value was at that point. Mm-hmm. So the Eagles come up, they get the guy who's maybe had the best receiving season ever in college. Yeah, yeah. and he's got a little bit of that, like great receiver esque yes, like yes like, there's just a vibe around him that sure. seems like he's gonna be as he really great. Be. the only thing i do worry about is his size and his durability but i mean he just got done playing in the sec and he was able to stay healthy for the majority of his career that's it and i'm more worried i think it's gonna depend i heard, I heard this on i can't remember who said it but it depends much more on how they work him you know, that that's going to be the biggest thing. What they, how they use him in the slot when they put him outside, it's a, they, they have to mix it up is kind of what I was getting from what they did at Alabama. At least mix it up. Don't just put him as an outside, you know, deep threat or just as a slot guy, mix it up, do many different things with him. And he's going to thrive doing a bunch of different things. And you can also trick some defenses because he's so versatile. Right. So I like that pick a lot as well. Any other ones? Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean Justin Fields, I thought was dude, yeah, that was awesome. Hell of, a, hell of a steal by the Bears. The Bears are the most quarterback starved franchise in the NFL. Oh, I bet get... it just felt so good for Bears fans to see that. Like I bet it just was just like, oh my gosh, we're doing. I saw I saw a tweet, and it was remember in Avengers uh, Infinity War. I know you're a big Marvel, of course you do. When Thor 
you know, comes back and they're getting their butts whooped and then Thor comes back. It was like Matt Nagy was Captain America and their GM was like the Hulk and they were just getting beat on. And then Justin Fields with the 11th overall pick was like Thor coming in and like just like basically saved the day. So like I think that was like a perfect way to represent like how Bears fans truly were feeling with that pick, you know, like. Yeah, I don't think it eliminates all the problems on this Bears. No, no. offense. The Bears have a terrible offensive line and a terrible yes. receiving core. Yes. Quarterback is not their only issue. But, but yes, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. They, <laughs> yeah, they can do things with Justin Fields that maybe can make those problems seem less significant. Hey, they made the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, that's no, all I'm saying. And they, he, he's no doubt an upgrade, I think. Maybe not day one. Maybe you wait three weeks or so, four weeks. Throw, throw, throw Big Red in there, as I call him, and see how he does. But uh, I think he's pretty – we'll talk about this in a second. But, yeah, man, clear upgrade. Yeah, I, think. I, just, I think with his speed, it's going to be – he's going to be different. He's going to be hard for NFL teams to adjust to. I like him in Chicago, too. I, like, I, I, I like that pick overall. Just, I, I think it fits. I think it fits very yeah, well. And it's just like a a cool thing. You just it's just I saw so many Bears fans talking about how they wanted Justin Fields before the draft. You know, it's Big Ten country. It was possible. Yeah. And I just never thought it would happen. Oh no, I, I didn't think it was possible. way too far down. And I didn't think Justin Fields would still be there at what was he, eleven? Eleven, yeah. Eleven. So I was surprised. I was the biggest shock for me had to be freaking JC Horn and Patrick Sertan both going eight and nine, the two fr- slots before Dallas. And those were number one and number two on our draft board, obviously. So they then scramble, trade back, and take Micah Parsons. Let me ask you, what do you think about the Parsons pick? I think it's not bad. He, he was the best player on the board, I think, for Dallas to take. Yeah, I think at the time it was the best pick Dallas could make. Uh, it kind of makes me question the future of this Dallas defense. I saw they didn't yeah. pick up Leighton Vanderush's fifth-year option. Yep, that makes sense to me, though. I understand yeah, that. I mean, with the Michael Parsons pick, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you think it's going to probably be Jalen Smith and Michael Parsons as the long-term linebackers? I, I, I think it's the a test. Run. They like a, to run those test, two. There's two roaming backers. If they stay like that, then I would think one of those guys has to be on the way out. I know both those guys kind of have injury issues. Mm -hmm. You could definitely use all three, but I don't see that being the case. That's a great point. I them not picking up Van Der Rush's fifth year. I definitely think that's got to be because of, you know, this linebacker pick, obviously. But I think now this year is a real competition between uh, Van Der Esch and Smith. Like, we got – hopefully Parsons can just be number one. Like, we're hoping he can just be officially number one. And who can be, you know, 1A, 1B, or number two, two Parsons at that linebacker core. So, I think that's the thing right now. I like the pick. It's just, man, what the heck, dude? We're supposed to go all defense, get the best corner off the board. That was the plan going into it. And then, but you guys, I saw you guys used your first six picks on defense. No, I like that. They got longer, they got the, the two tallest and longest corners, which again could equate. That's how Dan Quinn likes to play. So we'll see. It could equate to good things. People said they reached on the pick. So I don't know anything. I'm not going to talk about or act like I know anything about their fourth and third and fifth and sixth round picks. I don't, but I I've looked at their bodies. I saw some tape 
And I think they got longer, younger, and more athletic. And no matter what, I think that is an upgrade to what they did have, you know? Yeah, and I also liked the uh, Chargers pickup of Rashawn Slater. He I fell right in their lap, crazy dude. crazy that he was still there at 13. Fell right in their lap. Like, it was Yeah, perfect. I think they were. They probably ran that pick in about as fast as possible. Oh, my God, get a yeah. great tackle to protect protect your franchise quarterback a guy that some people thought was going to be the first non-quarterback off the board three weeks ago like four weeks ago yeah that's insane obviously so i'm glad glad to see that we thought he was going to be like top eight at the very least right yeah eight, eight was going to be like the very least yeah and then i also most. liked christian darisoff fell to the other tackle so uh where'd he go to i didn't see that did you see christian darisoff yeah the vikings the Vikings trading down. I also like the Vikings getting um, uh, Mond, right? Didn't they pick yeah, up? Mond on the yeah, I like that. I like that. I saw the reason the Cowboys, I mean, the uh, Bears jumped up to where they did in the draft was because the Vikings were oh, going yeah. to take Justin Fields if he fell to them. They're at 14, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's three. But he probably was still going to be there if no one else traded up. He was probably still going to be there so yeah that's smart you know they're obviously what in the same division right yeah so hey <laughs> go steal them before they can get them but i definitely like to pick up by mine let's let's keep it on these quarterbacks obviously you know there's been a lot of talk revolving these guys let's take a look at where they are in their situations now and kind of talk about where we think they're going to be how we think they're going to pan out long term obviously this is way premature not going to spend too much time on it um but let's start with with trevor lawrence he's got to be just like i said we've all said this so much the most non-bustable quarterback in this draft as far as just intangibles you know yeah uh i think the question for him is how does Urban Meyer's coaching transfer to the NFL level? Exactly, and, and uh, the if, roster, obviously, if, too. Yeah, if Urban Meyer is able to translate his college success over to the NFL, then this team, he'll have DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, uh, D.D. Westbrook, I believe, is still there, James Robinson. They drafted Travis Etienne yep. later in the first round. Like, they have some offensive weapons. Like, yeah. Trevor Lawrence... Don't go into a deep, like a decent situation as far as number one picks go. Yeah, he shouldn't be just thrown out there into the wolves necessarily, especially if, like you said, Urban, such a veteran coach, at least in college. Hopefully he translates, and that's a great point. I think that is the biggest thing for Trevor early, at least. How does how does Urban translate? Because we're gonna be able to tell right away, you know, with, with those two if it works, or pretty soon, I would say. Uh, if it's working, if it's not working. So that's a, that's a great point. Watch out for Urban. So Trevor, really, really depending on the coach, but him himself shouldn't have any issue if they can do the right things around him, obviously. Um, the number two pick in Zach Wilson, I think, is the more of the bigger question mark because of what you just said, what we just talked about for Trevor. Coach, new head coach, uh, what, what he's had around him. It's been the worst team in football for years now, right? So that I think is a bigger question for me, not necessarily Lawrence in in, in Jacksonville, but Wilson, uh, you know, for the Jets. I think mean, that is the yeah. biggest question for me. I mean, he gets Robert Sala, who's a defensive minded coach, He's a defensive guy. Yeah, probably not going to be a real hands on guy with him mm-hmm. coming in. And then your receivers, you got Corey Davis, they just uh, picked one up as well. Crowder, and they picked Kadarius Tony in the first round as well. 
So they later. picked up some guys. So obviously they so, got some weapons for them too. So they got they got some weapons. I mean, it's still like and so they also got a tackle, tier. obviously, right? They moved moved up and took Vera Tucker, and then um, yeah. Elijah oh yeah, Moore yeah. No, too. Tony went to the Giants. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they got Vera Tucker, yeah, and then they, they got, got uh, Elijah Moore in the second round, I think, as yes, well. So yes, that was the receiver they took. So, Elijah. So I I I like it. I I I like what they did. That's the only question, though. We saw how Sam Darnold was just doing there. Obviously, some bits and pieces have changed, but has too much changed? You know, like in, yeah, yeah. I think the big question still comes down to the Jets: is is Zach Wilson a true upgrade over Sam Darnold? Yeah. Would you have been better with Sam Darnold and these upgraded weapons? It's, that was that was like maybe, the big debate, yeah. and maybe at that number two pick, you have Kyle Pitts with Sam Darnold. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. But I am not a big Darnold guy. I was one of the people in the boat saying, "Yeah, I would get rid of Darnold and go with the the, the fresh face, uh, especially with the new." Yeah, I, I think they kind of had to because the way Sam Darnold's career started, it was just kind of this snowball effect of mm-hmm. doom on his career. That's probably a good way to to put it. A little bit of a snowball effect, just kind of getting worse, worse, and worse. So, yeah, definitely. So Wilson definitely depends. I think he has the biggest possibility, not because of his talent, but because it's the Jets to not pan out as highly as Lawrence could, or even even to feel I'm higher on Justin Fields in Chicago than I am right away. Um, trail right right away. Zach Wilson for the Jets. I'm I'm I think Fields would have more success early than a Wilson potentially. At least in my eyes, I, b- b- look at the roster, the coaches. I would bet more on Fields in in my in my personal. I think I might like game. the weapons around Zach Wilson better though. He's got Allen Robinson. He's got um. I'm blanking on the other guy they they recently got uh as well. I can't. Ah, damn it. They got a couple of guys I like. Not a lot, but there's at least two I like, and I don't think it's any worse. And again, I think he's in a better offensive-minded system as to where again we just saw Trubisky and and uh, Nick Foles. We saw these guys having some pretty good games at times. I think it's possible for Fields to come in. How, how different he plays, I know, but so I think it's possible for him to come in and, and translate sooner, have a more effect. Then that's me personally. I th- I'm but, more on. But, a but we'll get to Justin Fields here in a second. Let's talk about Trey Lance. Oh, okay. I got you. I skipping over the number three pick. A guy Tanner is pretty high on. So he went number three overall. I am. I think I'm. I'm I think I'm right there with you. I. I don't think. I think he pans out just fine. He's in my not to bust column, uh, because of the system, the roster, and then like you said, the raw kind of talent. Yeah, I mean, this dude is a crazy athlete. I think as long as they don't try to make him be the day one starter yeah. in San Francisco when his confidence gets ruined. I think yeah. that's the only thing that can stop this kid's career. He's, he's, got, he's got it, man. He really yeah, does. I, like looking he, at he, the tape, looking at, you know, the, his flaws, which are yeah. pretty minimal. So it's just like, what can he really do? Yeah. He's, he's impressive to watch. And I think the best thing for him is to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo. At least for year. like, most of the season, I would say, yeah. at the very least, you know, maybe at the very end of Garoppolo's hurt, let him learn how to read NFL defenses. I'm sure they're much different than just not go to state runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, 
I'm buying, I'm taking that bet as well. So I think it makes a lot of sense for him to sit. And then it just really depends on the Garoppolo sitch. If he's cool, you know, being that mentor and playing for maybe they tell, hey man, we're, we're keeping you for a year. You go out there, you play for a contract somewhere else. I think that's kind I mean, of what we doing. saw Alex Smith get I mean, he got money from the Redskins. Like yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, he got paid definitely. And that was did he get he got hurt on the red uh, you know on Washington, yeah. right? Like definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that was before the injury, obviously. Yeah, so yeah, definitely him, out there. They were leading paid. the division with him. Yeah, definitely, like, definitely. A team that where they were okay, like a team that needed a quarterback and were able to start him. I think this situation compares pretty decent. Teams that are pretty talented that were able to get a quarterback early behind a quarterback that's still pretty decent in front of him. I think the situation kind of makes sense. No, I like it a lot. I think it just you know was hinging on on Garoppolo, and if he's cool, I'm cool. So that, that's really what it comes down to. And again, they got the system, the coach, the roster. Seems like they just need the right guy, you know, to to bring him home and hopefully Lance. If not Garoppolo, let me ask this: What if Garoppolo just wins the Super Bowl? What do you do then? <laughs> what do you do with that? Because he just made it to the Super Bowl and was one throw away from winning the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. What if I think we, it's what, a pretty gotta, good problem for them to have. That is, you're right. I would I would take that problem. I would I would no not take that. No, no. Let's talk about my guy. I'm my guy. A little bit my guy, at least. at least more than you. He's mine. Justin Fields, I would think. I think I'm definitely higher on him than than you are for sure. Uh, but I I loved him him going to Chicago again. Not the best, not the best, you know, pieces around him at all times. But system, the city, I, I love it, man. I, lo- I I think he's really gonna be. I think they finally got a franchise guy going forward. I think. Yeah. I- I hate to be the guy to jinx it for, for Bears well, fans, but I really think so. I, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Because for Trubisky, he's like an, he's, he's just an upgraded Trubisky, though. Yeah, but he's like an upgraded Trubisky. Trubisky's kind of mobile. Trubisky drafted higher than him. Yeah, and that was one of the Trubisky biggest mistakes. That was one of the biggest mistakes we can all talk about in recent draft history was the evaluation of Mitch Trubisky. So that was, and I don't feel that way. I think, again, I think he does everything better than Mitch does everything better. He's going to yeah, upgrade I mean, of Mitch I, and, I, and Mitch I, fit. Well, Mitch fit really well. I way, think way to the playoffs. I think he should be good, but it's just hard for me to picture a Chicago bears quarterback <laughs> having success. No, you're right. You're right. I'm there. It's not in. It's not probable. Okay. It's not looking at the their their draft history and just the team's history for sure. But then I'm looking at who they had under center as well, right? I'm looking at that Nick Foles as of last year. Mr. Trubisky before then was the Jay Cutler before Trubisky, or was the guy? Uh, I mean, it was probably a filler. There was a filler. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Though. Exactly. And my point is, though, they've been able to make several playoff runs with a limited quarterback. I don't think Fields is as limited as these guys. So I think I think he's going to have much better success than a Trubisky did more. Uh, I think they potentially got a franchise guy. What do you think about the guys that went later on, like a Trask, uh, Kellen Mond? Any any big You're thoughts? skipping over Mac Jones. Oh, did I? Mac- <laughs> <laughs> You got okay, Mac. All right, I'll talk about Mac. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, Mac Jones, the fifth first round quarterback, goes 15 to the Patriots. 
Said he secretly wanted to go there the whole time. You shut up, Mac. You wanted to go number three. You didn't want to go to the page. You wanted to go number three overall, Mac Jones. You lying again. You lying right now. Like, and the weapons are a lot better than last year. Yeah, I think he's going into a good situation, though, as far yeah, as. Yeah, and he's going to the greatest coach of all time. Yep. Uh, I think he went to as good a situation as he could have went to. I it hurt him that he fell in the draft, but he went to a better situation. I think it's phenomenal. I, I have I no issues. Best thing for him. Yeah, I thought going number three overall was just going to be way too much pressure. I don't think he was going to be able to equate to that, the standards we were all probably going to put on him, at least down down the uh, down the road. So I love it. Again, he's in the great system, right? They just got out of a, a pocket passer and Tom Brady. They go and get seemingly the best the best pocket pass uh, passer in the draft in recent in recent memory obviously so i like the pick i i people think also i am just or maybe you might think i am just so negative against mac jones i was negative him being the third quarterback taken that was my like huge thing like he's not number three he's number five i think that's perfect i have no issue with him being the fifth quarterback taken at 15 overall i think there's a good chance he is better than the fifth most successful quarterback because because of where he is patriots because of where he is this is the situation as to more than any one of these guys more than fields more than more than trey I Lance. Think he was the most system dependent guy exactly and i think he's gonna uh he's gonna have the most success depending on all these guys because of the system he's in looking at everyone else and the system they're in he's gonna have the most favor because of the system you know he's in, in comparison to these guys i think so I, I love the pick. He's the fifth quarterback in the draft. At least he should have been coming out, and that's exactly where he was taken. So I and like then, it. And then I believe at the end of the second round, in the beginning of the third round, three out of four or five picks were the next three quarterbacks. The yeah. Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, and then Davis Mills. What do you think about – um kind of has like a little bit of a different story. Kyle Trask drafted to be the backup in Tampa Bay, and then maybe the – the answer when Tom Brady leaves, that's that's a big piece. Kyle Trask is an interesting guy. He's played a year and a half. He started a year and a half of football in his entire career. I was going to ask you that. I think I saw was, a stat and he didn't he start. Backup. He, he was the backup quarterback <laughs> at his high school behind <laughs> behind Derek King for Miami. Okay, so he was behind another D one guy. Okay, so that makes sense. He was, he was the number one uh, dual threat quarterback in high school, but. But for and then, <laughs> and then he goes to uh, uh, Florida. Felipe Frank starts over him, and mm-hmm. then he takes Felipe Frank's job halfway through the year. Has a pretty good season, then comes out this year, and through the first half of the season, he was probably the Heisman favorite. Yeah, I, I was definitely hearing his name out there. Definitely a recognizable guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's and so he gets to learn behind the greatest quarterback of all time. He's in a great offensive system it's kind of built for the way he plays to throw the ball deep mm-hmm. i don't know I, I think it's a good pickup and then you get kellen mond who's i like that a lot yeah i think kellen mond's a high upside guy i think he's gonna play sooner yeah. than we think i, I really think so do. too i think the vikings are pretty high on him mm-hmm. and i think they're pretty not that high yeah i think they're just getting lower and lower on cousins man quite frankly i can't blame them but yeah so that's one of my 
predictions for the year would be that uh, Mons gets into that. A couple call Mons starts. That's a, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I would definitely say it's not out of the, uh, out, of, out of the line, out of the question that uh, we see Mond in the lineup this year. Then the very next pick is Davis Mills out of Stanford. The I don't number know anything one about high him. school, yeah, number one high school player. I didn't know that coming out. Super injury riddled in okay. college has all the talent in the world goes to the Texans, he might be their day one starter. Yeah, I was gonna say probably he might be their quarterback of the future. They got Tyrod Taylor though, so we'll see. Yeah. I bet I bet but, yeah, but again gonna, yeah very think, soon right yeah. very soon he could be in, in that starting lineup. Tyrod's really a, a a transition piece at best. So I like it a lot, man. I think all the quarterbacks taken there's not a lot where we can look at and be like he's not gonna work. You know what I mean? Like there, there's not a yeah, lot I think this, all like, the guys gonna... there's a good amount of optimism with them moving forward. Exactly. And as far as like starting early, Lawrence, obviously going to be day one guy. Wilson, obviously going to be day one guy because they don't have a guy to play before. But then looking at Fields, looking at Lance, looking at Mac Jones, do you think think they're starting? All those guys besides, I don't know. I think there's a good chance all those guys start this year. I think, I think they all, I I think think they'll start the season. a good chance that. I don't think there's a good chance that none of them start, but I think there's a good chance that any of them don't start at all. Yeah. Like any, okay. That's I think a great point. One yeah. of those guys that's starting over those three will have a good year. Yeah, I think that's a good point. They they could I could I could honestly see either either one of those guys playing rather early or maybe sitting out the majority of the year. So I could I could honestly see either one of those things happening. Um, but. F- as far as yeah, starting day one, I think Fields is as far as Fields, Lance, Mac. Okay, I think Mac is most likely he could have the most success earliest. I'll say Mac earliest because in because he's in New England. Then I'm going. Uh, then I'm going. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I like Fields a lot. I think he's gonna play good right away. I think he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder. I really do. But Lance in San Fran, I think he's most likely to not play all year. He's but Garoppolo's injury history makes you think yeah, he's like, he just... play this year, dude. It's crazy to even speculate on this stuff. It really is. But either way, I think we can bank on Lawrence and Wilson being day one starters. Other three guys, kind of, kind of a coin flip for day one at least. I would say probably gonna go into camp. And uh, t- test out their two starters in camp more than likely, right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a good chance it's just those two guys that start week one. Yeah. Overall, though, man, I was happy with the draft. Again, Cowboys go go all defense practically, and I'm all for it. They were the yeah, 20, they got better. They are the 28th ranked defense now. Hopefully, they get a little bit better. Uh, obviously a lot of guys getting, getting their hopeful hopeful quarterback for the future. So looking forward to when, season doesn't start until what. September, yeah, ish around September. So we're not too What's far that? away, guys, but quite a ways still to go. I'll tell you one thing yeah, that we have a little bit of time. One thing we have right now, though, that is just getting better and better is the NBA. Quite frankly, less than eight games, seven games left in the regular season. Now getting close to that five game mark. So Tanner and I, I think we should break down your Bucks, right? Your Bucks just had a couple of really good games against the Brooklyn Nets, the favorite to get out of that Eastern Conference. So I say we talk about, or one of the favorites to get out of the East at least. So I say I say we talk about the Bucks, Nets, their recent games, also, you know, what what we might see from them going forward, and take a quick break. Sound okay, Tanner? Sounds good. All right, guys, we'll be right back.
All right, guys, welcome back. Like we said before the break, all things basketball in the second half of the show today. A lot of talk recently revolving Tanner's Milwaukee Bucks, rightfully so. Okay, I should say rightfully so. I'll give credit where credit is due. They've been playing some really good basketball recently, some two, uh, two really big wins as of recently, both over the Brooklyn Nets. Tanner, that game just got done. Okay, the, the, the second matchup, obviously, what are your thoughts seeing uh, seeing the Bucks take down Brooklyn in in such fashion in consecutive in consecutive games? Uh, it makes me excited. <laughs> That's it. Good chance we see them in the second round. It makes me hopeful that we can at least yeah make it a series, dude. You like know? the the how, I know how they did, seen it. I know they played without James Harden. Huge but... factor. Definitely a big factor. They but won they, twice, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, yeah, they won both of these games. Back to back games, we beat them in. I mean, we beat them. I mean, both games were in Milwaukee, but we still beat them back to back. And games where you know, people talking about the the Brooklyn offense, right? Me, me too. Seeing the Brooklyn offense, we know they didn't have its third head, no third head necessarily with James Harden, but saying it's it's so unstoppable. But you guys beat them. The Bucks beat the Nets. With a, a KD dropping 42 on Sunday, and then what I think tonight, both Harden and or sorry, both Kyrie and KD they both scored like over 30 points as well. So, good, good games from the offensive guys, too. And you guys still could have win, right? Yeah, I mean, Giannis went absolutely crazy in the first game <laughs> with 49 points, and then followed it up with 36 tonight. He had a good game, 36 and like 12, I think 36, 12 and like four. Yeah, and he was in foul trouble early. Oh, was he really? I didn't see that. So, okay, props to him playing some stuff. We know. And I, did you see that block Giannis had on Katie's uh, fall away jumper that basically no one else on earth can get like a foot, you know, near that ball usually when Katie's yeah. falling away shooting it. And Giannis straight up just swatted it, you know, out, out of the yeah, gym. I mean, so, like who else is – Built like Giannis to make that block, though. No, that's my point, though. It's like, holy cow, guys! Have we, are, are, are we seeing something here? You know, when when they match up down the road, that are barely human. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Giannis, he's obviously a juggernaut offensively, but you know, a better player defensively <laughs> than than a Kevin Durant. And seeing what he could do, obviously, Kevin still dropped 42 points. We're not saying you know Giannis held him to anything like that. He still dropped 42 points on him. But for him to get that block, you know, on a shot that is usually untouchable, for them to play, you know, I think they, they held up only one, only 114 points. The Nets scored on Sunday, only 118 um, this past game as well. So they're holding them also. They're not scoring 130, 140 points. You know what I'm saying? So they're, they're playing some solid defense. And then, like I said, Giannis seems like no one on the – we've been saying or talking badly uh, about, about Brooklyn's defense, and that's their, that's their huge weakness – Rightfully so, right? Giannis goes 49, 8 and 4, then 36, 12 and like 6. Yeah, I think he's just simply too big for that Brooklyn defense to handle. I seem like they, they had like anybody that's yeah, able that's to stop him when he drives to the rim. It's like DeAndre Jordan and uh Blake Griffin. <laughs> and that and that's pretty much all they seem to be throwing at him so much. So yeah, that's not gonna cut it. 
you know, you might want to start doing some research if you're Brooklyn on, you know, those Toronto teams on those Toronto defenses, that Miami defense, you know, from last year, you might want to start doing some research because I think we said this, they might be playing each other as soon as the second round. If, if things, if, if the playoffs ended today, right. If it ended today, yeah, they, they would, they would play in the second round. But uh, Milwaukee, both, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Both teams have, the three teams that are on top of the Eastern Conference have pretty easy rides the rest of the season. Uh, so the Nets, yeah. Philly, and, and the Bucks. Yeah, for the most part. The Bucks play Wizards, Rockets, Spurs, Magic, Pacers, Heat, Bulls. Yeah, so very Heat winnable. So the toughest game there. Yeah, you can win. But, maybe not win one of those, but you can win the majority yeah. of those for sure, yeah. The Nets play the Mavs, the Nuggets. Ooh. The Bulls, Spurs, Bulls, Cavs. So, so just starts a little rough, but then home home stretch, yeah. And then the Sixers play Rockets, Pelicans, Pistons, Pacers, Heat, Magic, Magic. Yeah, that's not tough either, quite frankly. I'd say every team has like one, maybe two. But you know, for the most part, out of those what five to six, seven games, a lot of a lot of winnable ball games for sure for all those yeah, teams. But most those teams, so none of those teams play each other the rest of the year. Uh, but so Brooklyn, I'm sorry, but Milwaukee beating Brooklyn means if they play, or sorry, if they have the same record, Milwaukee has the tiebreaker. I think. I do believe so. I think yeah, Milwaukee's got to have the tiebreaker because they played once earlier in the year, I believe. And that was when I don't think Kyrie played. So they, they've never played a cool stat here. I, I have it written down. Um, the Bucks' big three. I think this is also a very important factor for if they do end up playing later down the road in the playoffs. The Bucks' big three have played over 40 games together. I think closer to 50. They played over 40 games together. Uh, Brooklyn, we know, seven. So seven games for Brooklyn, over 40 from Milwaukee. The chemistry, that yeah, hard. I mean, like, team chemistry does matter i think i think right we we were built to think that at least looking at like the clippers last year um even even the miami heat their first go around right they, they didn't work out so there are multiple instances where you know the first time people just kind of get thrown together it doesn't work out and it's not it, i wouldn't say it's, it's like it's looking that way for brooklyn because again a three-headed monster with james kd and kyrie we have we have yet to really see what they're capable of doing, you know, those three guys. So but that's the question. That's the question, right? That does the yeah, lack I mean, of team chemistry mean they're not gonna, gonna be able to get I don't know there? if I'm gonna believe that they're all three ever gonna play together until they do again. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't, I don't really know the timetable on James Harden's injury. I know he pulled the hamstring, but I don't know when he's gonna be back. I know it's like they just said, you know, the foreseeable future for you know the next couple of weeks, but we don't they said hopefully before the playoffs, but as of now, there is no update. So we it might be seven games, Tanner, before they play the playoffs. Seven games played together, and then who knows if Harden's even going to be playing in the playoffs. KD's gotten hurt three times or two times this year already. Kyrie's the, missing time for personal issues. Personal stuff. I, I don't have an issue necessarily with personal stuff just because, like, load management. 
I think is like the exact same thing practically. And then it's like, yeah. if, they're, if they're missing games, he, and at least Kyrie's telling us he's going to this birthday party or something. <laughs> uh, Kawhi is just not at the game and he's just low advantage or whatever. So at least we know Kyrie's out having fun or something like that, you know, getting, getting his mental. Right. So I don't have a problem with that. The biggest question is though, seven games, is that going to be an issue looking at Milwaukee, their defense holding uh, Brooklyn, both of those times looking at uh, uh, Brooklyn's defense, uh, I think on Giannis matches up better defensively really well. really against well. the Nets like, than rather than any team in the league. I think Milwaukee's defense is yeah. When you're thinking about it, they got Giannis, who's just the big guy who can who can get to KD, right? You got Giannis who can get to KD. Not going to hold him, but he can get get those occasional blocks on those shots. He's could be the KD uh, matchup. Holiday can do some some decent damage, you would think, on Kyrie at times. I know the first go about on Sunday held Kyrie like twenty points. So did it, but obviously this past game had Kyrie had like thirty eight. So it's just kind of showing you you're not going to really be able to hold him down too much. But he did a good job on Sunday. You can hopeful hopefully he can do that a couple of games in the series. So defensively they match up. And then chemistry-wise, they definitely have the nod. Looking at, I think this is, a, this is a very important stat for Brooklyn. They're missing, like you said, I think we, we said this earlier, they're, they're missing an MVP first off, right, in James Harden. But their record this year uh, with James, 27-7. and seven. Without him, 16-15. and 15. Hmm. I know, right? It's kind of interesting. I know. 16-15 and 15 without Harden. And 27 and seven when he plays. That is MVP stuff. That is, I think he is what we were saying earlier, the most important factor to this trio because he's got to score and he's got to, you know, assist and get, you know, put other people in their spots as well. So, and if they don't have him, right? So that's a huge factor. And that's also why I'm not going to overreact to this Milwaukee, you know, double victory because I think they're missing one of their biggest factors, not if not the biggest factor in just the team chemistry, getting everything going in James Harden, right? So we don't want to we don't want to overblow these two victories because they didn't have him, but we don't want to undersell them either, right? Where are you as a Bucks fan? Are you kind of walking that fine line? Are you over? How are you saying are you saying Milwaukee has a chance to to upset Brooklyn in the playoffs based on these two games? Or I think you- they have a chance. I mean, I wouldn't pick them. Okay. If they were, yeah. I mean, if somebody was like, "Hey, your life's on the line. Pick one of these teams." <laughs> no, you're going with Brooklyn. Katie. And Kyrie. Yeah, I'm gonna Sorry. take the team with the two MVPs and yeah. then Kyrie. Yes, yes, yes. But, but yeah, but I think they definitely have a chance. I think Giannis and if Chris Middleton and uh, Drew Holiday playing play well. well at the same time, they're a they're a damn good team. Hey, and both of these games, I don't think they they played. They both had 23, I think, tonight. So tonight, or we're recording on Tuesday, uh, for those who don't know. So on Tuesday night, they both played well. I think both had 23, I think. Uh, but the earlier night, I think it was on Sunday. I might be mixing the dates. It was one of the games where Middleton did not play well and Holiday did. And then one, they both played pretty well. So, but they won both of those games. So it's really going to depend on, you know, how much you get from those. You know, Giannis is going to be getting you over 30 points, you know, in a playoff game, especially. So you don't really have to rely on him. It's what are you getting from Middleton? What are you getting from Drew Holiday? But the last two games, last two games, I'm going to say it, they've been stepping up when they need to know is playing some solid defense, hitting some decently big shots. And if they can do what they're doing 
and these past two games and play exactly like this in the postseason, I, I, I am not ruling out Milwaukee like I was prior, saying they have no chance whatsoever. I'm not there anymore, um, but I'm not saying, yeah, I like them over Milwaukee. It's going seven games. I'm not saying that, but I do think it's going six. And defensively, they have a chance to throw off their guys, you know, a night here, a night there. So I, they're gaining my respect. I should say okay. you're gaining my respect. So we kind of talked about those top three teams. We didn't talk about the Sixers a bunch, but we've Not talked really. about them a lot in the past. Exactly. They're they're probably going to end up with the one seed. They have a pretty I, I think so. Easy yeah. schedule the rest of the time. They're one I and a half games up on the Nets and three games up on the Bucks. Yeah, only three though on the Bucks. Hey. So. And they all have easy schedules, right? So watch out, Milwaukee. Yeah. Milwaukee. You, you think Milwaukee could win out potentially, right? So keep your eyes yeah, on Yeah, I think it's possible keep for your sure. Eyes on that. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a race between those three. And then the next – the next – Four through seven? Five teams are all, all right there, yeah. You got uh, – the four seed is the Knicks – And then a game and a half back of them, you got the Hawks. A game back of them, you got the Heat, the defending Eastern Conference champions. Seventh seed, right? Yeah. No, six. Six seed, okay. okay. Yes, and then a half game back of them is the Celtics with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And if Kemba Walker is healthy, you know what they're capable of doing as well. Yeah. And then the eight spot, you know, eight, eight through ten is pretty up, you know what I mean? Really yeah. even, you know, about I would say. You got right Charlotte, now. you got Indiana, you got Washington. Washington could be scary with I like Washington the best. And Bradley Beal. I think but, they're eight and two in their last ten, by the way. The Wizards are they're eight and two. Yeah, no, they're playing well. Watch out. Watch out. So the East, though, Eastern Conference, definitely pretty, pretty wide open as far as the top. Like I said, you said there's a, a three game difference between the one and the three seed. And then from four and seven, but no more than a three game difference from four and seven. So it's, yes, it's, it's just as close out East as it is out West. You, you could say maybe the level of competition isn't as great out East, but in comparison to the Western conference, but for it, for itself, you know, for how they're, they are in their well, own I, conference. I, mean, I feel like there's seven like teams that are good in the East. Like, it's, it's much better than like last year for sure. Yeah. It's, it's getting a lot this better. Is the best the Eastern conference has been in a long time. No, you know, that without a doubt, I would definitely say that. Like, like you said, you have the Knicks uh, sitting at number four. For the first time, I would say that they've clinched a winning record for the first time since 09, I think it is. Um, so the first time the Knicks will have a winning record since 2009. Crazy it's been that long. Absolutely believable that it's been that long. It's felt that long. And uh, you just got to be super happy. I, I've heard all the talk in New York. It's not Brooklyn. It's all the Knicks, man. People are <laughs> all in on this on this New York Knicks team. They're the best defensive team in basketball. Julius Randle is the most improved player, right? I think he should be on a, a one, two, or three all, all NBA team. Yeah. Barrett playing a lot better. The Knicks, man. I've been I've just been blown away by this team, you know, all year. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're fun. They're an underdog team, and I think they could win a first round series. 
Yeah, I think it's possible that they could beat Atlanta in the first round. If, if it's Atlanta, I think it goes six. But they have the defense to just to 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 win the series, right? <coughs> I, think, I think Trey can really be knocked off a lot of young players in Atlanta. I would go Knicks in, in, in that match. I would I would definitely yeah. lean Knicks in that matchup if, if it's a four and five, you know. Yeah, but the Knicks are setting themselves up for the future they have not been able to get free agents and get these stars to come to New York because they've been so bad for so long. Maybe, Maybe they. They this, that they, this team has some good, pieces to it and they can bring in a star this i was about to say maybe a star sees you know what's going on there kind of like kind of like how we saw with before Kawhi went there Mm -hmm. we all kind of think of that yeah we were like it's a good team imagine if they get a star like that so i think that's a perfect comparison the clippers and the knicks gritty defense gonna come at you all all 48 minutes that's a great comparison as far as the Eastern Conference goes, again, I am I'm leaning with as far as who's going to get that number one seed. You just listed for us as far as you know the, their remaining schedules. Bucks have a chance to win out. I like, I, but I I do think that is unlikely. Winning out, you just had two huge victories. I think there will be a little bit, maybe a little bit of a drop after two huge wins like that. Keep your eyes on that though. Uh, but that number one seed, I think, is definitely up for grabs. And it's very important, though, as far as as far as that first round. Yeah, no, tough, man. The difference between the one and the two seed for the East is huge because the two seed is going to have to play whoever the three is, whether that's one of those the Sixers, sisters, Nets, the Bucks. Nets or the yeah, Bucks. exactly. And the other one gets to play the winner of New York, Atlanta. <laughs> exactly. So the other guy has a ride pretty much to the Eastern Conference Finals. And the so other one has... want the one seed bad. And Philly's like a game and a half, you said, up right now. It's about a yes. game and a half up. So, Philly, I think they get it. They've been they've been there all year. I feel like they've had a more conservative, conservative effort, you know, to get the number one seed than a Brooklyn. Because, you know, we, we've seen Brooklyn rest a KD... Uh, a Kyrie on nights as to where, you know, they're playing on TV, a, a pretty important game, another, another high level team, yet they're just sitting there guys. Right. So I think, I think Philly is putting more out of an effort to get the number one seed. Same with Milwaukee, putting more of an effort out there to get the number one seed. It is very important, but the first round looking at what the first round would be right now. Okay. It'd be 76ers against, I'm going to put the wizards at the eighth spot. I think, I think they would win the eight spot tournament. So Sixers, wizards, nets, Celtics, Bucks, Heat. How do you feel about that Bucks Heat first round matchup? Knicks, Hawks. Yeah, yeah that, man, that is phenomenal. That is a great first round. People saying in the past that the first round should be a three game. I've, I've heard that the first round should be a three game series because it means nothing. I would say, look at these stats, my good sir. We got uh, two of the two of those series, three of those series. I think could go six games. Bucks Heat. If, if, if the Heat are healthy, could go five, six games, if not seven. We saw what the Heat did to him last year. Uh, Knicks, Hawks, comparable talent, could go six games, even seven. Uh, Nets, Celtics, Celtics have the firepower. Celtics have more of a roster that's been together. We, we don't know who's going to be playing for Brooklyn You know, in, in round one. That could go games. Only one that's really not tough is that number one to number eight. But then you're still seeing Russell Westbrook and, and Bradley Beal in the first round. So no matter what, man, I, I, 
it's all kind of a tough first round matchup, no matter where you are. It feels like out east. Yeah, the every day we get closer to the playoffs, and I get more excited. Less less than ten, I think around five games left in the regular season. It's the same thing out out west, though. I think, I think Phoenix might have overtaken Utah again. I right. believe May 16th is the last day of the season. Yes, because the play-in is the 18th. So I'm guessing they, they gave it at least a day between between the end of the regular Phoenix season. Phoenix are tied, by the way. But they're, Phoenix they're, has the tiebreaker, right? Yeah, so Phoenix, as of now, their tied is number one. Utah, number two. Denver, still at number three. Denver still number three. Uh, uh, they were trying to avoid, I believe, the Lakers because like the four and five or whatever, they, they would be playing the Lakers first round. Uh, but oh, the Lakers jumped to number five. So first round right now, isn't it a Clipper Laker first round as of right now? Right now it has Lakers at six, Dallas at five. Oh, because Dallas played tonight, didn't they? Yeah. Okay, so Dallas played tonight. We'll see. Ordinarily, though, earlier today, L.A. was at the number. Guys, we could get a Laker-Clipper first-round matchup, a Denver-Dallas uh, uh, first-round yeah, matchup. This, these playoffs are going to be so much fun. It's going to be phenomenal. A Utah-Golden State first-round even. Guys, don't count out my guys. They're making the play-in tournament. Steph's been balling recently, too. Oh, no, they just – didn't they lose to the Pelicans? Yeah, they did lose the Pelicans. Steph played really well, though. So did Andrew Wiggins. I'm loving what I'm seeing from those two guys. Draymond, you got to score more than two points. Okay, more hero points don't count in every game. Draymond, you got to score more than that. Okay, so we need more. Can you explain to me hero points? So did you watch that game? Did you not watch it? No. Okay, so there was like a Marvel game, right? And I don't, I, I, I don't know who they were trying to appeal to because they were really talking to the audience. Like they were appealing to like five, six, you know, 10 year olds. But then, you know, some other points were like, Hey, I, I know I'm 22 in uh, almost 22. And I, I, I want to watch the Marvel thing too. I like seeing the superheroes. So I, I was <laughs> unsure on who they were really trying to, trying to appeal to, but okay. So for every point, rebound and assist and i believe steal and block like the major stats you get a point you get a hero point so every every one of those you get a hero point and every missed shot every turnover every yeah every turnover you get a deduction um so basically they were playing i think draymond steph and wiggins were all three the heroes for golden state and then lonzo uh bi and and uh, and, uh zion or the three for the Pelicans. If you ask me, Lonzo was just kind of like, hey, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy for my name to be on the list. He was dead last in hero points at a at a terrible game. He was just happy to be a part of the group, I think. Um, but I, I liked it, though. You know, as far as – I think it was similar to, like, the uh, – remember, like, the – I don't know if it was a playoff game, but there was a game on Nickelodeon for the NFL. You remember that? Oh, yeah, the uh, Bears-Saints game. Bears, thank Nick- you. It was like that. That's what I would. Oh, okay. That's that's what I was. That's what I would compare it to. You know, fun special effects. Superheroes are flying around. Uh, you know, uh, each okay. Steph was like Captain Marvel. Like they gave superheroes to the players. Like it was for kids. It was it was to appeal to the kids. I would say. I still enjoyed it. Okay, I would. I would. I was having a good time watching it the entire time. Go Marvel. I think it must have been a Marvel day because they had all those trailers. It makes out. sense. ESPN, Disney, Marvel. Yeah, 
it, it was a big Marvel day, so why not end it with with a Marvel uh, game? I think they looked at like a, they had a special look at like the Loki show and stuff like that. So it was cool. I enjoyed it overall. Uh, as far as who's going to win the conference, Tanner, who's your bet right now? Before we wrap up, your bet right now, who's winning the East? As n- not not like playoff wise, just who's getting the number one uh, seed? Who's going to win the East in the regular season? Probably the Sixers. Going Sixers. I'm I'm going I'm going Philly as well. Uh, I, you say I'm a, a Philly fan or, a, you know, a, a big Philly guy. I don't think I, I Casey is a closet Philly fan. I am not a closet Philadelphia guy. I, I will not. I'm a, I'm a closet Dallas Maverick fan. I'll say no, that right now. No, he's I'll say that sure right now. A Philly fan. I just don't I like to show my Cowboys fans. Get mad at him. He's <laughs> no, guys, I did not like Philly. I just, I keep it real, yo. I, same with the Clippers. Same with the, with, with the Bucks. With the, uh, with Philly. I'm keeping it real, dog. I'm, I'm just chilling back here, man. I don't know, I don't know what you, what, what you want from me. Say with the Warriors. I'm keeping it real, guys. That's all. That's all I'm doing out here. Okay, that's all. That's all I'm doing. Okay, I'm just doing my best, guys. I don't think. Overall, it was a packed show today. So much going on in the week. We're le- five or so games uh, left in the regular season. Next, I think next week. I'm gonna check my calendar really quickly. I'm checking the date of that playing tournament. It's not. It's not. It's two weeks away. Okay, two weeks from when we're recording this, Tanner, actually. Two weeks on Tuesday from today. The, the play-in tournament will start. Man, I'm looking forward to that. That is – what's your real, – real quickly, just I don't want to take us too long, but real quickly, you like the play-in tournament? There's been a yeah, lot. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's a great idea. I think it's a phenomenal idea, right? Nothing yeah, but – I think – Go ahead. Go ahead. The more exciting games we have, the It's better. a sense of urgency. I know, you know? people are – Mad, but okay. Then, uh, they're only mad. Then, then they're the only seed. mad when they're in the seventh seed, dude. That's the only the time. Exactly, dude. Because like that's exactly already, what I said in the live show. Already less. Th- I mean, already more than half the teams make the playoffs. Yeah, like you're not entitled to a seven game series. No. Or, if and, you're, and I'm sorry, you're but you have to win one game if you're the seventh seed. We have to win yeah. one extra game. Yeah. and you have two chances. Two chances, yeah. win one game, boo freaking who. You Against don't want to be in a tournament. Play better. Be better than yeah, play better, man. They're going to cry. Play better, LeBron. Play better, Lakers. Then you would not be in the play-in tournament. Again, same thing with Luka. And the, they, were, they were complaining when they were at number seven. LeBron's complaining. I love the play-in tournament. I hope it's here to stay going forward. It should be implemented. I think it should be implemented long-term. I, I, I love it overall. As far as this week's episode, though, guys, thank you all for your continued support. Go follow us on Twitter, dudes talking underscore pod. We're gaining more and more followers, more and more uh, stuff's getting posted on that every day. Go check us out. Thank you all for your continued support. Uh, hit that like button, the subscribe button. Leave us a comment on any platform you guys are listening for uh, on. But overall, for this week's episode, that's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. We'll see you guys next week. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner File.
Dudes Talking Sports. For sure, uh, go Yankees. Growing up, I was a Yankee fan. As far as everyone listening, thank you all for your continued support. Go follow us on Twitter, dude, talking underscore pod, whatever platform you're listening on. Go give us a follow, a subscribe, a comment, a like, wherever you're, like, wherever you're uh, listening. Go show us some love. Uh, we appreciate everyone's support. Thank you for listening. We can out. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. Thank you guys for listening. I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports.